Hello, and welcome to Jag Bags, a discussion of all things pop culture. I'm Mike Beyer. And I'm Len Foote. And welcome to the program. You are listening live from the home studios in Woodridge, Illinois, where the temperature is a balmy uh, nine degrees. Oh, God, is it cold out. And we welcome from sunny L.A., where I'm sure it's very cold there, too, our friend, our friend of the podcast, Kirk Pinchon. Welcome back to Jag Bags. How cold is it out there? I am wearing a sweater. <laughs> there was a little bit of rain today. Aww. Listen, listen, it's 54 degrees and that's very, cloudy. That's very cold. And cloudy. And cloudy. I have, I have a sweater on that covers my neck. And I want my voice to be ready for your pod. But Kirk is actually lying because as a treat for the diamond listeners tonight, Kirk, Beeb, and I are wearing unzipped silver jackets that expose our bare chests. Oh, just just like like the brothers Gibb. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. right. Treat for our diamond listeners. So if you aren't a diamond listener yet, this should give you the incentive to pony up. Who's who? Great question. <laughs> Beam is obviously Maurice. I'm the peacemaker. No, you're just. <laughs> no, Beam probably has the best voice, though. This is true. Because Beam can sing. Beam can legit sing. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not even making this up sing. as a okay, bit. So Beam can sing. I can't sing either. So, Beam, you get to be Barry. Barry. I'm going to say you're more Maurice, meaning that little peacemaker, but can do a lot of different things because that's what Maurice was. And I'm going to throw you an audible. I'm Andy. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you had go. the best. You had the best girlfriend. That's I for am. sure. Out of exactly. all of them. Not afraid you do love cocaine. I love cocaine. cocaine. <laughs> I can't get enough of the sugar booger. <laughs> you also briefly dated Victoria test. Principal. Just briefly. It didn't really work out. It's just, I don't want to get into it. She's I, do, I got Mary Crosby. Yeah, not bad. Not That's bad. pretty good. Yeah. And, 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 uh, be your confirmed bachelor. No, uh, married. <laughs> yeah, but you got married to, uh, she was Scottish. I thought. Some Miss Scotland or something. Oh, okay. I like the Does beauty he, queen. Has he had the same wife forever? Has he? I think so. Stuck with her. I thought they, they all did. Young. Yeah. Well, they kind of at the beginning of that documentary, which I watched yesterday or two days ago, but they didn't say anything at the end. But I think it's the same woman, right? I know, I know. I know that all three of them. I know that all three of them had long marriages. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're great guys. Yeah, and, they didn't, uh, they didn't, none of them came off nasty at all mm-hmm. in that documentary, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll talk that documentary in uh, in great detail because it, um, but before we do, uh, the Brothers Gib, that, that's the subject. They haven't figured it out. That's the Come subject on. of our podcast tonight. <laughs> uh, the uh, uh, next Facebook bracket is going to cover the songs of Barry, Robin, Morris, and Andy, right? Andy will be a part of this. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, I like. Yeah. So all I four like brothers 
And it's a, how, how many songs? In 32. 32. So it's a, like a mini bracket. Yeah. So we're not going to have too many uh, songs like Spicks and Specs or uh, anything like that. We're doing. Focus no, on I think I, I want basically. I'd say 20 something of these songs people should know. Okay, good. There shouldn't be okay. anyone going, oh, I mean, <laughs> they had so many monster, monster hits. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and so how did you like, so for our listeners, what was the criteria for the number one seeds? Like, how did you pick those? Well, based on like record sales. The first two I thought were just obvious. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other two, I'm giving you guys a hint. I picked the other two number one songs that were on the charts for were number one for the longest. They were number one, so they were all number so one. So many hits. of them, I was like, all right, how do I pick the other two one seeds? Because the first right. two I thought were the two signature BG songs. Sure. So all so all four of them number one hits. Mm-hmm. And the other two were not necessarily the ones. Okay, so let's get "Staying Alive" out of the way. Right. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah. Okay. okay. So three left. I'm, I'm going to say, "How deep is your love?" No. Okay, well then this is a wrong bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Do it over. He's already taken off his silver jacket and flung it to the ground. <laughs> what the hell? Diamond listeners, shocked. <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, how deep is your love? A two. A two okay. seed. Let's move down. So, uh, Night Fever. Yes, Night Fever. Okay. You should be dancing. You should be dancing. Also a two. Okay. All right. Uh, that I can see. Um, I feel like you should be dancing got a nice resurgence because it was in Despicable Me. Because mm-hmm. my yeah, kids yeah. love that. My kids love that song because of it. Oh, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so okay. Um, so we need one I, more. No, two more. Two we got more. night fever and staying alive. We uh, J- jive talking. Uh, jive talking is a two. What is with what the on? <laughs> one of these is pretty hard. Massive. Uh, it was a number one hit for I don't even tell you how many weeks. Four weeks. It, uh, love you inside and out. That is a three. Okay, that uh, makes sense. Um, that was tra- number one for one week. Tragedy. Tragedy is also a three. We're just we're just dancing around the target. Uh, mm-hmm. See how you said that dancing disco? Well, see, well done, Mike. Yeah, see. You guys um, want a couple hints. Oh, okay. is it still? Is it like how do you mend a broken heart? Yes. Okay. See. Yeah. We'll talk about this later. We went the inferior Bee Gees, which is the '60s Bee Gees, the wrong Bee Gees, <laughs> the wrong decade. I disagree. I know. Uh, oh, we're fighting. Yeah. Uh, uh, Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts is a six. This might be. That might have been your worst guess of all. Wow, that's a that bad was the number one beat. hit. That was the number one hit. No, it wasn't. I'm looking. Is it? Right is number one? I started a joke. No, I started a joke wasn't a number one. Okay. I started a joke's actually an eight seed because it was a hit, but I don't think people know that song. Yeah. Like we do, but do you think like uh, just ask you people know, on the street, what's who's saying I started a joke? They would they probably all say weird app yeah. or something. Yeah, that's a good point. 
is it a oh wait are we doing strict you added andy yes so then uh, shadow dancing shadow dancing correct well done there you go. great song so yeah. so the number ones are how can you mend a broken heart shadow dancing staying alive and what was the fourth one night fever night, night fever, fever. I'm just for the record, and I'll be doing this on Facebook. It's a fucking crime <laughs> that How Deep Is Your Love, which is their best song, is not number one. And Massachusetts went to number one on the UK singles chart. No so one cares about Massachusetts. I'm right. That's We're not talking about England, Beeve. Yeah. Well, England we should. doesn't count with their number this is one. Not- <laughs> Quit taking Len's side. Stop having terrible takes that Massachusetts deserves to be number one. It was a number one hit. This is not driving on the wrong side of the road, Bagsby. Yeah, come on. We're centered in the United States. Oh, I get it. America. Oh, I get it. I see. A little jingoism going on here. (laughs) Jingoism. That's me. Me and my relentless jingoism. Yep. Well, let's let's talk about... um, Let's let's get into uh, this whole like uh, '70s versus. Wait, can the, I real quick? Oh, yes. oh yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I just want to ask you guys real quick: Who do you think is going to win? What song? What song you think will win? Oh, "Staying Alive" is going to win. I think "Staying Alive" is going to win, and I'm going to blow my head off if it does. <laughs> <laughs> what I know you said how deep is your love B what what are you rooting for What am I rooting for I, I'd be happy with a lot of songs if they want I'd be happy with Jive Talking I'd be happy with yeah. uh you should be dancing I'd be happy with more than a woman how deep is your love um, Massachusetts Night yeah. Fever well the, what's the mining disaster song That New York mining <laughs> disaster that's for the real fans. I mean, that's beyond. That's an eight seed, and it's going to upset staying alive in the first round. In the event of something happening to me. It's going to be like a March Madness thing. Yeah. That's for the deep heads for the BG fans. Secretly, one New York mining disaster. There's going to be one guy who's like, that's the song I prefer. Yeah. That's the one that's really good if you really know the Bee Gees. It was my wedding song. <laughs> the Mighty <laughs> Disaster is my wedding song. We danced to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah, I'd, I, I'd be happy with any of those if they won. Is there anything you're rooting for, Lynn? Well, I love Fanny Be Tender with my love. Fanny, parenthetical, the tender with my love is a great song. Great, yes. great song. Yep. But they have so many great ones. What seed is that's my favorite? I love What seed is Fanny be tender with my love? I love that song. A four. Four seed. But a number one in my heart. Yeah. Great. Great song. Cause it's all that I've got. Come on. They really just get you going. Like that's all I kept thinking when I was watching the documentary. Like, oh, I'm just God. so excited. <laughs> yep, you do. They they get you excited. They're great songs, too. There are lots of thrilling moments in that, the Bee Gees. in that documentary. Yes. So let's talk about staying alive for a little bit because that I mean that song is everywhere and it's gotta be the clear favorite. 
Can I give but, a hot take? Yes. Staying Alive. Obviously, it's the song they're known for best. And because yes. it's overplayed, it's a little bit like Thriller. It's kind of a joke now. Right. But even at its height, that song is a wet fart. Really? I don't like that song. You, you never liked it at all. Anything with that song. You can't really dance to it. It's not a great song to dance to. It's not particularly a great song to disco dance to. It mm -hmm. plods along a little too much. So you, it's not great to dance to. It's not an F jam, so you're not going to really bang to it. It's not a ballad. So really all that it's good for is the movie where he's walking in beat to it. That's uh, the, the top of the movie. Yeah, top of the movie. So which he wasn't, I mean, I think everyone uh, who, if they don't know it, he, you know, the, movie, the song hadn't been created yet. Right. And so for, your, for the listeners, I believe it was Superstition. Uh, that was that, that was that the Travolta, original that Travolta was listening to um, Stephen Wonder Superstition as he was walking. That's great. And then they and then they're like, "Well, we we need a Bee Gees song," and so they came up with that. So it's a great opener for a movie. As a song, I never want to hear it in any other circumstance. So you're like not even a fan. Would you would you even put it? Would you even put a top ten Bee Gees? No. Wow. I put it top 20 because top of how 20. big it was. It was huge. But I've always hated it. It's, like it, it's almost to the point now where it's a novelty song. It's just everywhere. And it's everywhere. It, it, it evokes, it's kind of like the anthem for the whole disco kind of yeah. movement. But it's not a great song. It's not as good as Night Fever or You Should Be Dancing. Agreed. It's not as good as Fanny Be Tender With My Love. Nothing is. <laughs> we've, just, right. we've just decided what the clear winner should be. You know, I don't ever need to hear Staying Alive ever again anywhere. I'm counting. I think I like at least nine more songs than Staying Alive. Oh, as yeah. Far as just, just Bee Gees if I don't include Andy Gibb. And if or, you're including... Or Barry Gibb with Barbara Streisand. Listen, Guilty's a fucking jam. Yes. I like both. I like Guilty and What Kind of Fool. I put them in yeah. the bracket. All the other, all the other, like all the other BG stuff that they produced is better than staying alive. Uh, oh, you mean like for other, for other people? For like, yeah, like Heartbreaker by uh, Dionne Warwick. Yes. Uh, or the, uh, um, if I can't have you, the woman who did that, Yvonne. Yep. And I can't Yvonne Elliman. Yeah, those are better than. I put alive. if I can't have you, the Bee Gees version in the bracket. That's a good version too. I can see as that. a seven seed. Yeah, that makes sense. And I put more than a woman in there, even though Tavares actually released it as a single and the Bee Gees didn't. But I still put more than a woman in there because it still, it still got played, even though it didn't get released as a single. Yeah, their version's better. Tavares' version. No. Come on. Oh, the stop. Bee Gees' version. Yeah. I, I wanted to be clear. Yeah. One so you have Tavares' poster up. Yeah. Just the Diamond listeners can see it, but the rest of it. Yeah, just right behind me. You're Tavares. Big Tavares fan. <laughs> Huge. Uh, you know, in an interview, I think it was, I saw it in the documentary, the, the, Barry Gibbs said the Bee Gees are not a disco act. Do you agree or disagree? What's your take there? Uh, he is wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't care that he formed the band. Yes. <laughs> I get, you get what he's doing. 
Yeah. I get by then disco had taken a turn. Right. And everyone hated it. And the whole, right. you know, the, the White Sox game. Yeah. Uh, Steve Dahl. Yep. Uh, fuck that guy. Yeah. Um, so it all. And so I'm sure he's just like, I got to pivot. I got to say something. Yeah. And he's not wrong in the sense that they never started out a disco band because they started in the 60s. Right. But disco was what made you. Yes. They, you know, even you saw in the documentary, disco saved them. They would have been a band. Because I remember it was like, they're big. And we'll talk about the 60s. They're big in the 60s. Yep. Then they fall off. Yes. And then they come back in the 70s with Robert Stigwood. Who right. signed them. And they, and they, they record in America. And they do better. They're like, oh, they're back. But they weren't like back like like Saturday Night Fever back. And then disco came and they, even though they were kind of experimenting with R&B yep. early on in the set, mid 70s, they come in and do this disco album. And they're like, we didn't know it was disco. Yeah, you did. Stop right. it. You it, knew it was disco. They told, they told them this is a disco movie. Yeah. I mean, we need some songs. Yeah. And they're like, so just, we, did, we didn't know. We were just making music. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. That, I, I, I agree with you. And they were basically trying to save their careers because no, everybody had stopped playing them and they couldn't yeah. get arrested. Well, yeah, so, which I can't fault them for. I mean, of course you're going to do that. But to me, there's always just... I'm Mike, as you know, I love me some disco. Yes. I love disco. And I hate the whole like people who were in the disco scene and like, well, we weren't really disco. We were something different. <laughs> just shut up. Just say, yeah, we were disco. We loved it. And we did it. We milked it for all that we could. And then there was a backlash and then we got fucked. Yeah. Hopefully we can move on. But just stop. Stop being like, mm, we weren't really disco. We were something different. No, you weren't. You were disco. I, you know, in the moment, it's easy to say one thing. And then as people say, oh, disco, it was actually great. And then they're like, you know what? We were disco. Mike, that's exactly Total beef moves. Right. All these things you're saying, Kirk, total beef moves. <laughs> total. I'm, I'm constantly wishing. Depending on who he's around, he likes yeah. jazz or he thinks jazz is okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. All this thing is like. Uh, I, I've been listening to Cannibal Adderley for years. <laughs> <So> slanderous. <laughs> I had a but few like, of their albums. But that's what happened. And then like His now albums. disco is not that disco goes back, but over the years, disco has been like, oh, disco's great. It's actually great. And, be, right. and they're like, yeah, we were disco. And you're like, oh, yeah, now you were disco. You know what, though? The, the guy in the documentary made a good point about it. Do you remember the guy who was saying that they just flooded the airways with disco and yeah. they made these albums like Christmas disco and yeah. he's right though. Cause they yeah. throw that crap out there. So then like same, same type of thing. The casual person's like, Oh, disco's terrible. What's disco yeah. doc. What's this Disney disco yeah. and all Ethel that. Ethel Merman does disco. Yeah. Ethel Merman that. did a disco album. Yeah. You know, and I get that. And yeah. I think that happens with everything. Like, there was like, even with, with hair metal, when hair metal kind of moved into grunge and people were like, well, we're not really hair metal. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, and then grudge are. became a thing. And then they're like, well, we're not really grudge. That's not, we're just rock and roll. And they're like, no, just <laughs> shut up and just be what you are and admit it. It's, it's honestly, it's like listening to bees. I'm just hearing all these yeah, things. Just noise. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just take, you just, you just hear the shut up. Just shut up. And <laughs> that, that has to do with me. Exactly. Oh, do, do you remember like, Target? Uh, for those listeners who haven't heard in a while, Beef and I used to live together. Yes. Again, nuts. Listen, we're married and have families. Best time of our life. <laughs> I mean, the worst times. I mean, it's we were desperately now. unhappy. Well, let's just be honest here. Some great times. <laughs> we had some great times in Chicago. Oh, in my the early God. 90s. Yes. Great place. And awesome apartment. Uh, when I moved into the apartment, we put up, I had the best of Bee Gees on album. This is true. And we, I put up it as a poster. So, because yes. the, the, the album folded out, it was the three yeah. Bee Gees. <laughs> and I put that album up as a poster and we had it up for the entire time we lived together. First thing you saw when you walked in, when you walked yes. in walked on in. your left, there it yep. was. There the it was. And then not far. We're going to have to recreate that. Us three, yeah. since we, you might have to be an actual BG though instead of Andy then. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll be I'll be Maurice then. Okay. I don't have the falsetto to be Robin. But then also, if I'm just remembering this now too, a little bit past that, there was the Saturday Night Fever poster I bought in Chicago. Like yes. Backs or something. Yes. That's so right. We had it all, and we, then we threw the legendary. 1993 New Year's Eve party. Oh my God. Which was just wow. Yep. And someone went into my bedroom. I think it was uh, Jay Gordon, our friend Jay, went into my bedroom, got my headshot, and then put it up as the fourth BG. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. It's again, that stayed for another two. Also, we did not touch that. (laughs) Yeah. We left it up. We're like, I'm not, we're going to leave it like that. <laughs> correct. Like that. This is yeah. correct. Yes. So we've been BG fans unapologetically for a while. Yeah. Well, it's funny because it's been like cool to like the BGs and then it wasn't cool. And then it's kind of back and forth. Yeah. Um, I feel like I saw today that the new Jonas Brothers album is coming out heavily BGs influenced. Now, if it's disco. That. BGs, I'm going to be like first in line to listen to it. Yeah. If they're like trying to recreate the 60s, which I can't imagine them doing because they're no too way. young and they wouldn't know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to be like, okay, I'm here for it. I'm here I'm for it. Give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. If they're smart, they should just have Barry Gibb produce one of the songs. Why not? I mean, he can do it. He's yep. talented and he's around. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Uh, let's talk about the documentary uh for a minute and mm-hmm. for listeners who may not know the documentary came out i think two three years ago yeah like during COVID, i think yeah I, yeah i think that's right it's yeah. called how can you mend a broken heart and it's the story of the bgs and a fair amount of attention is given to uh andy gibb as well mm-hmm. and uh that was directed by frank marshall from the Kennedy, Marshall, Spielberg, that yep. whole. So, and I just think it's incredibly well made. Yeah, definitely. I was looking forward to it, and I was surprised by how much I really liked it. Um, it, it was very accessible, but yet went deep 
deep into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And a lot of things that I did not know. Yes. Um, what are the three things you learned mm-hmm. from watching the BGs? I can tell you right now. I did not know that they had broken up in like 1969 or something. That right? I didn't either. I didn't know that. No idea. No idea. I just thought, oh, it was the 60s and they kind of fell off. Right. That's what I thought. And then they, uh, and then they came back. So I had no idea about that. I didn't know. Um. Oh, I didn't know that the. falsetto thing was just them fucking around awesome. on nights on broadway yeah that was so amazing. awesome it's just they're like barry can you go in and like just do a thing just to kind of add to it and he comes in <laughs> and then they're like this is our new sound we've yep. created a brand do more of that all yes of that. that's just Every incredible that that, that that like set up the disco songs too i think yeah absolutely yeah. amazing luck yeah unbelievable just kind of what uh how serendipitous yeah um, that's, that's, yeah. A, that's the word i was thinking of and beef wasn't and beef doesn't know i don't know what that word means <laughs> um and then i think the last thing was i knew it but you don't really know it until you see the charts of when they were at their zenith like five of the top 10 were either them or stuff they produced Amazing. So, like, it's like in the span of a year or like a month, there's like, you should stay in line. You should be dancing. How deep is your love? And then there's Heartbreaker. And then there's the Kenny uh, Rogers one. So, yeah. like, they had like five or six yeah. on the top 10 hits. That's incredible. I all didn't the, know Islands in the All stream. the Andy Gibbs. Islands in the stream. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. I all didn't that know that stuff that you're just like, they, I mean, the fact that it was their songs and songs that they produced at the same time are just running billboards is crazy. Yeah. 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 And emotion by Samantha Sang. Yeah. Love Which I got, I, we had the entire album cause we got it in our Columbia records. <laughs> is that it? You That's, got that album? Yeah. I wish I still had it. it yeah. It's it, a collector's album. That's probably yeah. hard to find now. Yeah. No, they don't. Uh, on on, uh, on vinyl, no way. Yeah, no way. Um, but th- those would be the three things that I that I definitely was like, oh my god, I had no idea. Right, Len. Anything to uh, add there as uh, things that you learned? Let's see. What did I write? Oh, well, because Robin left. Of all people, he's just like, I'm I'm out. Yeah. But they even that's what's funny about them. That was just like a low key thing too. Oh, he left. Yeah, there doesn't seem any hostility ever between those three, and they're brothers, right? (laughs) That's almost baked in when you're brothers. There's going to be some hostility, but they always seem to get along, even when things weren't going so well for them. Right. And then I also didn't know one of them was married to Lulu. Oh yeah, that's like what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they were really out. But that marriage didn't last long. No. And then he married a cocktail waitress and and was married for 30 years. Yeah. That's right. He knows. In his heart. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, also that like, they were really good musicians. They weren't just guys who could sing. I think a lot of people go, oh, the Bee Gees, they were just guys who could sing really well. Don't even realize how much they produced, 
how much mm-hmm. they did their own music. They wrote everything. So it's not like they were just a singing group, which I think a lot of people go, oh, they're just a disco singing group. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's what I like about the documentary. They, they show them playing live at Dodger Stadium concert. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, okay, these are were really good live. Yeah. They weren't yeah. just creatures of the studio. Yeah. That's a, that's a common misconception. Yeah. There's a lot of common misconceptions about the Bee Gees because of their relation to disco and how popular they were, they were which is just yeah. wrong. Yeah, when you think about it, because that's kind of a manufactured kind of yeah. sound, you think, oh, the Bee Gees, they were like a studio creation and there was a yeah. whole team around them. They were doing it all themselves. Yeah, it was all them. And the fact that people don't know that, you know what that is? That's a tragedy. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Does that be serendipity? Because no, I, <laughs> I think I'll kill myself now for doing that. Our friend Dan Lafke, I think I brought this up on the podcast before. He did a poll when we were in eighth grade. What song is better? Do you think I'm sexy or tragedy? I picked Ooh, tragedy. What? Tragedy. Okay. Tragedy. Do, do you think I'm, see, that's the thing. Do you think I'm sexy is a bullshit disco <laughs> song where. <laughs> It's just, it's just um, Rod Stewart cashing in where the Bee Gees were doing like legit. We love this music. Right. We're going to, we, we love it. We're going to do it from our heart. Rod Stewart's just like, let's do a disco song. Right. I mean, everyone, yeah. Like ex- everyone and their mother was doing disco stones. Yep. If the Beatles were around, they would be done doing a, disco and they would do it shitty. <laughs> but when I did <laughs> Here's my, here's my thought, and I'm very serious about this. And I'm not just saying this because I dislike the Beatles. Come at me. I'm not a, I'm not a Beatles fan. Yes. But the Bee Gees are better than the Beatles. Here's why. Here's why. I, I believe the Bee Gees could do, they could come up with their version of Taxman. The Bee Gees could. Song? Yeah. The yeah. Bee Gees could. They could do the Beatles tax man, like their version of it. And they right. could do it. And you'd be like, oh, that sounds like the Beatles. The Bee Gees could not do Jive, or the Beatles could not do Jive Talking. You don't think no. the Beatles, had they tried to cover Jive Talking, it would be a They mess. couldn't do it. They're right. not doing it. Paul could kind of come close because Paul on his own kind of did a little disco. Yeah, good night tonight. Yeah, good night tonight. But if you throw in John and George, I don't think that original group could pull off jive talking. They I don't might... think they could pull off You Should Be Dancing. Uh, I hate to burst your bubble, Kirk, but Ringo <laughs> actually wrote Don't Leave Me This Way. So <laughs> Let's check the facts on <laughs> that. Check the facts. Glenn, <laughs> fake news. <laughs> what everyone d- does not realize that Ringo is the secret brains behind yes. disco. He also got to be real, Ringo. Ring, 100% Ringo. Yeah. Ring, Ringo secretly owned Studio 54. Yeah. <laughs> secretly him. There is, but I do believe that. Like the Bee Gees could, and the Bee Gees proved it. Back in the 60s, when their music wasn't good, because I hate 60s music, and that music that they had was not good. I'm sorry. It sounded like the little Beatlish. Yeah. And then when they moved, to disco, I don't think the Beatles, if they were still around, they could actually do disco. I don't think they have it in them. You don't think that if the same production team 
got a hold of the Beatles the way that the this like the Atlantic that producer Arif Martin and said do it this way the beat you don't think the Beatles could have no done I don't think John and George had it in them I think Paul I think uh, whatever gets you through the night is kind of discoy that's uh, that's John's solo um, yeah it's it 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 uh, he he'd need to be coaxed into uh, into getting the disco uh, the beat right. But the BG seemed to take to it pretty naturally. Yeah, they took it too naturally. Could John produce shadow dancing like Barry produced shadow dancing? Write it for Andy Gibb. Coach yeah. him how to sing yeah. it. Yes. He couldn't. He could not do it. But that's could a- George Harrison do Islands in the Stream? <laughs> no. He could not. You've convinced me. The Bee Gees. Yeah, but you know what? I hate to burst your bubble, but Ringo wrote Coward of the County. <laughs> Which is <laughs> Roger's worst song. <laughs> Kirk is winning. <laughs> don't come at me with the Bee Gees Beatles. I'm not saying the Beatles. Look, I understand because I don't really care about the music. I understand that they're the most important band and everyone's influenced by them. I'm just saying... The Bee Gees could do things that the Beatles couldn't. That's all I'm saying. We uh, let's let let's move on before we get into fisticuffs here on the, <laughs> pod, on the podcast. I am not angry at all. You like Len is possibly. I mean, if he if he's loves the Bee Gees, that's fine. Split already. The lines in the sand have been drawn. I think I am Morris. <laughs> let's all be friends, guys. Let's all be friends. I'm Andy, still doing coke. <laughs> I'm jealous of you and Victoria uh, yeah, principal. God. Um, let's talk uh, real quick. Oh, wait, since we mentioned the Beatles. Yes. Here's oh, wow. an interesting bit of trivia that I discovered. Okay. So you remember the train wreck that was the Bee Gees doing Sgt. Pepper? Yes. Club yes. Band? The song, Oh Darling, a Beatles cover by Robin hit number 15 on the charts see mm -hmm. i had no idea we had that album too it was Proof. probably filed right next to samantha sang's emotion yeah Proof. Oh, you really are Proof a that the bgs were better so you're saying that the are you saying that the bgs sergeant pepper is better than the beatles sergeant pepper that album. No, you know what? I honestly can't say that because right. the Beatles Sgt. Pepper is the only Beatles album I like. It had didn't wasn't Earth Wind and Fires uh, yeah, gotta got to get, get you into my, into my life, life which became yeah. a staple. Yeah. Right. And then it had Aerosmith's um um Come Together. Come, Come together. together. Steve Martin singing Maxwell Silverhammer. Yeah, I like I like Steve Martin's version. I remember seeing that in the movie theater, and I think I must have been like only eight or nine years old, so I was real young, and it was the Bee Gees, and I liked the Bee Gees. And first of all, the Bee Gees aren't the first. My first, my first band that I ever really understood was like the Jacksons, right? Um, and then the Bee Gees, even though I liked other music, the Bee Gees to me I understood as a group that was like, oh, they're popular, and a bunch of songs, and I like them. So I went to see Sgt. Pepper's, and even then, watching it as a kid, you kind of go. Okay, I'm young, but I don't think this is good. I don't think <laughs> I, you don't know why because you're too young, but you're like, I'm not enjoying this. 
<laughs> this isn't this isn't something that I'm really enjoying, even though the Bee Gees are in it. But as a kid, you're like, you can't explain why. And then as a as an adult, you're like, yeah, because it's just a hot fucking mess. Right. <laughs> so as a, you were I, I was looking up aware. the Frampton song because I'm like, I don't remember any of the Frampton ones. He had a couple, right? saying getting better with the Bee Gees. He's saying long and winding road. Yeah. But they, I guess I erased them from my memory. Yeah. Billy Preston did get back on it. Yeah. That's a great version. That's a great version. But yeah, the movie, even as a kid, you're just like, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And you're like, oh, it's colorful. It's got the Bee Gees. And then you're like, something's wrong here. Something isn't right. (laughs) I have never seen it. Just None of them could compete with George Burns singing "Fixing the Hull." I think that oh, was God, what that's brought right. it all to a big crash. <laughs> so bad. I, George so Burns bad. could do wrong. Can't believe they didn't talk about that in the documentary. I <laughs> Shocking. Uh... Guaranteed, uh, Barry was like, "Oh, we'll do this documentary, but I will not talk about it." There all. will be no mentions. Yeah, because they literally, Batman. they literally don't talk about it in the documentary. It's like omitted. Like Yeah. It, really, had really. Another hit song. Well, not a big hit, but it made the top 40 called Boys Do Fall in Love. Do you remember that song? Yeah, that was oh. in the 80s. I don't remember I that. I remember that because I remember that. Yeah. I was a senior in high school and that's when all I did was watch videos. Mm-hmm. And I remember the video. Right. <laughs> like, I remember that song. I do remember in the 80s, the Bee Gees had to come back with a song that I kind of like, but it's not that good, called One. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you're like, ooh, the Bee Gees are back. Right. And they're like elder statesmen of pop. Yeah. And then you heard it and you're like, mm. you're like, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. I put that in the bracket. Oh, sure. that's gonna get that's gonna get curb stomped. Who's it up against? Uh Knights on Broadway. Oh yeah, come on. That's uh, not good. No okay. okay. Wait, can I ask? Because uh, I might be uh, stepping on a segment, but um, the most underrated BG song. Let's do it. Boogie Child. Boogie Child. Boogie That's Child. Your, your pick is my pick. Is Boogie Child in the bracket? I, I never. I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't even know what Boogie Child is. Are you sure you should be doing this bracket? <laughs> Can we see your credentials, please? Yeah, I'm not sure you really should be leading this. <laughs> do you understand the art of the? Uh... Hmm. Okay. Usually, I like how Bean practice. just jumps on me with yeah. you. Oh, oh, right. Well, I look. That's called uh, being a good host. Yeah, so making he's the guests feel comfortable. Because usually, when people do brackets, they do research. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, boom! So oh, it's not it's too on late. Spirit, it's on spirits having flown, huh? Yeah, that which is a great album. It's not too and late. Boogie it's Child good. is. I can't fit Boogie Child in. There's everything is. Lens like I'm done. I can't do it. I started a joke is going to stay, and yeah. Boogie Child will not be it. Is the that... New York mining disaster fanboys will riot if I take that <laughs> yeah. out? Listen, everyone, go listen to, on on whatever streaming service you have to Boogie Child, and it'll be like this is some funky ass shit. Right. And it's before they really, really got falsettoy and discoy. Because it was before 77. Right. And you're just like, God damn, this is some funky shit. It's so good. They put out two albums before Saturday Night Fever. That, and and yes. the, these two albums were kind of in this new uh, R&B slash yes. disco kind of 
So the first one, well, the one that Boogie Child is on is called Spirits Having Flown. Yeah. No, I don't no. I think I got that wrong. I think it's, it's children's uh, of, main, main, yes. main children course? of something. Main yeah. course is the first one. Yeah. And I think and then, that has Jive talking on it. That's the one with Jive talking. And that's a great, that's a great album. And Fanny yeah. Be Tender with My Love's yes. on that one. But then there was the second one that has Boogie Child on it. And I think you should be dancing. Yes. And I can't think of the name of the. It's like. Is it children? Is children? Children of the. uh, Children of the corn. Yes. Children of the corn. That's exactly. Children of the something. Children of the world. Children of the the earth. Children of. Children of the earth. I can't. think. (laughs) Children of the world. Children of the World. Children of the World. Released Children early 77. Yeah, not Spirits Having Flown, because Spirits Having Flown was after. That was, that was after. Yeah. I had Love You Inside Now. Which is a great song. Dear Jagbags, we do all the research. Yes. And we come <laughs> completely Children prepared. of the World. But that, Children Boogie of the world. Child. You will listen to Boogie Child. I'm like, this is some 70s funk that you might, you can kind of hear that it's the Bee Gees once you know it. But you could probably go, you could probably tell someone who had never heard Boogie Child and just say, this is not the Bee Gees. And they might believe you. And they might believe you. Because Jive Talking was that way. Jive Talking, uh-huh. they're saying that whole thing of like, they sent it out in like this white cover and didn't put a name on it because they didn't want the I Bee love Gees. that part. Yeah, and this was before the disco thing. It was, it was they didn't want to know that this was like the 60s right. Bee Gees doing some shit. People are like, right. Jive Talking, Jive Talking is amazing. And then they're like, well, it's the Bee Gees in your face. Right. <laughs> and like, oh, I guess the Bee Gees are amazing, and we're gonna yeah, yeah. And Boogie Child is Boogie Child is at that level. Uh, yeah. That's and the, the fact that it's not on the bracket just says everything about this bracket. <laughs> uh, Len, what is your most underrated Bee Gees song? Or do you want me to go? Maybe you should go while I process the hurt. the words hurt like a fist here at jag eggs yeah uh my favorite uh bg song and um it is when i grew up uh my mom had the live album it was called here at last and it was uh bg's in concert and it was right before uh saturday night fever so it had all the songs from those two albums that we talked about, the Children mm-hmm. of the World and Main Course, plus their 60s. And it's called Here at Last. And um, they have a version on there. And it, was get, it gets back to uh, what we were talking about before, is that the Bee Gees were actually really good live. Um, and this album is kind of uneven because there's a lot of their 60s hits. And so they do a good job of it. You, they're, they're a good band. Um, but the they open with i uh gotta get a message to you and it's excellent okay and it's excellent that's mine um, that's my underrated one i gotta get a message to you and not i think that's a 60s hit yeah. um but of they kind of the bring it into the 70s and uh they open shows with it apparently or they open this album with it it's very good so that's my pick for most underrated I mean, I, I would have picked Fanny, but now that's kind of everyone knows that's under. I will say this. I will back Beav up. You've been a Fanny fan for decades. Yes. You, you have turned me on. Yeah. From because that album. 
Yeah. That was on the wall. Yes. Yeah. Fanny's <laughs> Fanny's a jam because then I got to see. I should have met you guys earlier. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, probably better that you didn't. Oof. That must have been pre three on three. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think it was, but I think we shielded you from the factory, you know, <laughs> from the madness, mayhem, the mayhem. Yeah. But what you say though, is I think is really interesting. Like that sliding door world of if the BGs didn't do Saturday night fever or didn't come to like the whole thing of like Clapton's like, you got to come to America and record. You just got to right. do it. Come to right. Miami, record here, get the kind of flavor. Right. And imagine if the Bee Gees were like, no, nah, I just don't want to do that. I don't really feel like I want to be there in Atlanta. Right. And they would have never had any of this. Yeah, that's right. And they, and they would have been the band like, oh, remember that Bee Gees? They did like the 60s stuff that was kind of popular and big, like Heidi Mended Broken Heart, but that was their big thing. And none of this disco stuff would have happened with them. Right. It, and all the and all the timing of it too, uh, that they were like in some French chateau, and uh, they agree. I mean, that sounded like the worst movie pitch ever. When the guy's like, "Yeah, I'm putting together this disco movie, and we really don't have a script that's based on an article and a magazine, yeah. but we do have the star of Welcome Back, Cotter. He's going to be in it. He's attached. So this is going to be huge. So write some songs for so us. So write some songs. I'd have been like, eh, I'm busy. I mean, yeah. we got a good thing going. And uh, and that was my favorite part of the documentary, that they put Staying Alive, More Than a Woman, Night Fever, How Deep Is Your Love, and If I Can't Have You. Yeah. Under one cassette and was like, here. Yeah, here you go. And yeah. they were yeah. like, They're like, oh, my God, we have amazing. Both. That is amazing where they were, because you're right, because, you know, they had done the those two albums that were kind of R&B-ish and that had Jive talking and they had some hits. So they could have been like, you know what? We're not going to do this movie. It's we're, we're kind of, We've got momentum back. We're doing pretty well. Right. we got Jive talking and all these other songs that are doing well for us. Let's not really rock the boat with some weird fucking disco movie that no one's going to do. <laughs> right. Or just, okay, we'll give you one song. And get yeah, the, exactly. We'll give you, yeah, we'll give you, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you whatever. And then none of this happens. And the timing was right to like, they kind of just, they, they absolutely timed it perfectly because disco was really coming up, coming up, coming up. The movie turned out to be really, really good. Yeah. And, and it had uh, an amazing soundtrack and it just, um, maybe if it had been, you know, a year early, who knows, or maybe yeah. a year too late, would it have had this? I mean, we'll never know, but it seemed yeah. to be the timing was perfect. Yeah, exactly. For Saturday Night Fever to come out. There's a great, uh, there's a great, another, mu it's not really a music documentary, but it's about Robert Stigwood. It's oh. on HBO and it's really interesting where, um, I can't remember if it was Warner brothers or whoever, but, um, but he's like, I'm going to put the record album out first, um, and I'm and the to make this deal with this movie, I'm going to own the publishing. And the movie, the movie company is like, go ahead, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll pay you less than you can have it. Sure. Amazing. Have the music rights. We don't give a fuck. 
Amazing. You're a moron. And then he just coasted on that, just made like almost $200 million on his own. In 1970. Yes. Which is like how much today? Yeah, exactly. And that's, he, that's why like Stigwood retired. He yeah. like did that. He did Saint. he did uh Sergeant Pepper, Sergeant Pepper tax. He's like, well, I'll just go on my boat for the rest of my life. And that's what I'll do. God bless him. Yeah. Doing God's work. Yeah. Oh, Len, have you come up with your, uh, your underrated yet? Well, I said it. I said, I've got to get a message to you as my, Oh, that is the one. He that agreed is. with me. Oh, he, <laughs> he agreed with me. I win. Uh, do you have a, a favorite part of the documentary? What was your favorite part of the Bee Gees uh, documentary? Hmm. Either of you. I, I, for me, the favorite part for me was probably uh, the, the moments before Saturday Night Fever mm-hmm. were really interesting. And I got to say the whole Andy Gibb part because yeah. they were just like, the younger brother, it's almost like they really were incredible. Like, yeah. And it's like everyone knew the, 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 the three older BG, the Gibbs were like, okay, let's bring in Andy because he's just as talented and he's better looking than us. I mean, yeah. so he's going to be the star. It feels like Barry was like, okay, we're good, but watch Andy, watch right. Andy just fucking smoke. The guy yeah. was 19. Yeah. Wasn't he, wasn't he 19 he's years way old? Way young. Yeah. He had, I wrote this down. He had six top 10 hits by the time he was 20. I mean, that's insanity. You know? It's too much. It's yeah. that's too what, much. Yeah. Yeah. Too big. Too big. And he had the looks, and he was just like, he, he, but he could sing and he could play guitar. And I think yep. he actually wrote some too. So mm-hmm. he wasn't just a teen boy. Right, uh, pop star. So he kind of had it all, and there's you could kind of see like, oh wow. Um, but I think he, you're right, Mike. Too big, too fast. He really didn't, you know, work and have any of the ups and downs. It was uh, ah, like overnight success, and and yeah, I mean, he, could, he couldn't handle it. I do remember there was that, and then he had a comeback of sorts because he did Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, right. And that was kind of like, oh, he's back. That's kind of cool. And then just like, now I'm on Solid Gold as one of the hosts of Solid Gold. Right, right. Which, listen, if you ever want to do a Solid Gold episode, I'm here because I love Solid Solid Gold. But even that, as much as I love Solid Gold, you kind of know it's like, oh, Andy gave you had six number one hits and now you're hosting the syndicated music show that costs a dollar to make. Yeah, with Marilyn McCoo. Marilyn McCoo, who again, also great, but you're just like, it's a bit of a fall. It was. And yeah. apparently, um, there's a book out on Andy Gibb's life, and it was written by a guy who watched the documentary and said, "We, I want more Andy Gibb. Oh. And more, there's got to be more. Yeah. And so, like, tried to get buried in on it, and Barry said, well, uh, I really know. But I'll, I'll introduce you to some people because Andy was loved. And mm-hmm. so it's not a tell all or a dirt digging. It is honest. Apparently I haven't read it. Yeah. Um, but they talked about with Joseph and solid gold that basically he felt like a fraud because he felt like it was all handed to him. Mm-hmm. 
that his brother said, uh, we'll make you a star. And Barry, like his older brother really took a, like, yeah. said, you're going to be my project. Yeah. And I am going to, you know, make you a star. And he felt like, well, all the success, it, I really didn't do it. He, you know, he did it for me. Yeah. And never like it was. Uh, so the helicoptering huh. of Barry. Nice. Bringing it back, Mike, to yeah. parenting. Very good. Yeah. Did him in. And so when it, by the time he got solid gold and Joseph, he's like, I'm a fraud. And he just didn't show up. And that's why he was fired. He just didn't show up. Wow. So it wasn't that he was, you know, zonked out of his mind. Well, he might have been. Yeah. But he just didn't show up for work. He was just bummed. Oh, yeah. that's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's, uh, Len, did you have a, a favorite? Did you say about your favorite part of uh, the the document yeah i like i like them performing live yeah that was great yeah because that showed they weren't just studio guys mm -hmm. interesting neither of us are like you know what the best part is the stuff from the 60s <laughs> that's the stuff that really really resonated with i me. was too traumatized by lulu <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't I focus mean, after that. It's true. I mean, the 60s stuff is real interesting to how they got their start and, you know, they're kind of like flower phase and all that. But I right. really, you know, that stuff is, I don't want to say forgettable, but it's just, it's not as resonant. No. I mean, they were like a popular band and then they all, what I liked is that they got big and then they're like, uh, actually, I hate you. <laughs> I, all the brothers like, I hate you. Not and, really. Uh, I should be the star. Like that. Well, as far as as Brits in Australia, they're all incredibly polite to each other. Yeah, they're, but they all thought they should be the star. Or Robin, Robin and, and, Barry and Barry both thought they should be the stars. Yeah, Bruce is just happy to be there. I my second favorite part of the movie is when Robin Gibb is trying to give a solo concert in New Zealand. And he's getting booed off the stage because they're like, he couldn't get one line of the song. That's so funny. I forgot all about that. Yeah. But I agree with you. The 60s stuff was, was interesting because I did not know that they were a child act. Same. That they had been basically pros, traveling pros for a good five to I don't know, seven years before they even got famous. Mm -hmm. And but, uh, you know, it's, I agree. You didn't, I didn't know that either, but even as a kid, I'm sure Mike and and then too, I'm sure you're just like, Oh, there's this new disco group called the Bee Gees. I right. had no idea where, I mean, I was too young. I had no idea. Len, did you know that they were anything before disco? No. Be, you know how I discovered that was, I got this box of 45s at Music Works, <laughs> which is like, it was like 50 45s for a dollar or something crazy. And I've got to get a message by you was in there. Oh, like, this is a great uh, song. Okay. CG's like, this isn't a disco song. Wow. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people did know that. And it was funny because on this live album, I mean, they, th that was recorded at the forum. 
It wasn't. They yeah. weren't in a some club. That's the that's a, the forum, forum is, is huge. Huge. Yeah. And they would play these songs like Massachusetts, and the crowd would go, <laughs> and the crowd would go crazy. New they York would. mining disaster. I, People would be body surfing. That's right. Yeah, flipping a, a tables. Mosh pit. Oh, mosh pit. Mosh pit. Yeah. And they'll, no, they're going nuts for these songs. I was like, I don't know any of this. I didn't. Yeah. What, what are they cheering about? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, great documentary. Yeah. Um, if uh, as far as music documentaries go, let's wrap it up with this. Um, what is your all time favorite documentary uh, on music? Or do you have one or what comes to mind or um you know, and where does this rank? Because I was just surprised at how well made. We haven't even talked about the disco demolition stuff, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. How it was filmed. And- they filmed it very well and handled it very well. I, I probably don't because I just get mad. Every time I think about it, I just get mad. Yeah, it's terrible. About why, why that happened. It just terrible. infuriates me on many yeah. levels. Yeah. But I'm going to say that the Bee Gees How Do You Mend a Broken Heart is probably top five. Yeah, uh, I put it up there because it's just so well done. Right. Uh, I would probably say top three, but then you know, I did see Summer of Soul this summer, yeah. and that was a, that was kind of that kind of pushed it back a bit. Right. And then I'm going to say this right now: Kenny G documentary. <laughs> not doing a bit. I am not doing a bit. I know. I like a lot of Kenny G, but that documentary is amazing. Okay. <laughs> Real quick. Why? Really quick. Because you learn that Kenny G is not trying to be anything else than Kenny G. And he's not a guy that's like, I'm really into jazz and I know all the greats and I know all the intricacies. He's just a guy who's really, really good at playing saxophone and is obsessed with being the best he can be. So all he does is practice. And he's even said, he's been like, I practice three hours a day every day. And he's like, if I could practice five hours a day every day, that would be awesome. Wow. And so his whole thing is like, how can I be better? How can I be better? I want to be, he's a scratch golfer. So he so just works, he just he works, just works at really, his... really hard. Yeah. And there's no like, I'm a virtuoso and I know all the ins and outs of jazz. It's just like, this is the music that speaks to me. This is what I play and, and I practice really hard at it. And that is an amazing take on Kenny G. And he doesn't like do anything else really. Well, he golfs and he flies he airplane. And he counts his money. And he counts his money because he invested in Starbucks when it first started. Damn him. So fucking rich. God. Yes. So I put I put that in the top five too. BG's documentary definitively top five. One of the most important bands of the seventies, definitely. Yeah, we didn't even get into that. Um, I'd say oh, so. Yeah, just definitely. Oh. I mean, who else are you going to put? I guess you put Queen, Bowie, Bowie, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder. If you are going to pick one, I'm going to say Stevie Wonder. Stevie yeah. Wonder to me is the seventies. Again, BG's importance in the seventies top five again. They're top five. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely. tough to argue. Record yeah. sales alone, record sales alone, and the impact they've had, yeah. and the songs that they have that have stayed that long, no doubt. Yeah, I don't remember how they did my "Who Ruled the Seventies" bracket. 
The Bee Gees. I know Elton John won. Uh, oh, you could I have don't know a how far the argument. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know who didn't win? The Beatles. <laughs> they weren't together in the seventies. That's right. They couldn't hack it. <laughs> no truth to the rumor that you were on the, every uh, answer going. Yeah, Beatles. No, they lose again. <laughs> Beatles couldn't hack the seventies. I'm sorry. What do you want from me? That's I, why they broke me. up. That's why they broke up. Seventies were too tough. It had to be tough to live in the seventies. The Bee Gees are tougher than the Beatles. Boom. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just, On that note, we're going to end. And so uh, we want to thank, uh, again, you, you are, you're like one of our favorite guests. You're like the Burt uh, Reynolds. Well, our I don't want to go that That's far. the best compliment I've ever gotten Absolutely. You know, we I'm know it's true. Always happy to be on Jag Bags. I'm always happy when you guys ask me to do stuff because even the Bee Gees one, I was like, I'm not that big of a Bee Gees fan. Then I was like, wait, maybe I am a big Bee Gees fan. And you make me think a lot. So I love that. Yeah, it's good. And and again, like how, like this is probably the most you've talked about the Bee Gees, you know, yeah. in one hour. No one will let me talk about it. You guys let me talk about stuff that no one wants to hear. <laughs> So I love that's you guys. how we sell these podcasts. That's why we're here. That's, that's we're talking here. about <laughs> stuff that no one wants to hear. I'm listening to the, on the next Jack Bands. Yeah, that's exactly how you promote it. I love oh, it. Man. Well, thanks again, Kirk. Uh, and to everyone out there, please subscribe to us. We are available everywhere that fine podcasts are found. Come uh, check us out on the social medias. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We are not on TikTok because we have self-respect. And uh, we are also interested in hearing from you. If there's a topic that you want to hear about, let us know. And if we pick your topic, you will get a Jag Bags t-shirt. Be the cool one on your block. Get a Jag Bags t-shirt. What the kids are wearing. Uh, It's 100% cotton. Feels good. Uh, Order one today. Um, And... That's all. We really want to thank our guest, Kirk, again, uh, as always, for being an outstanding guest. And thank you for listening. When you're ready to listen, put a little jag bags in your ear.